Today my guest is Carlos Alizraki. Um, I met Carlos on Rocco's Modern Life in the 90s, I think 93. I started on the show in 93 and you were actually the voice of the main character, the yeah, voice of Rocco. The voice of Rocco. And I started with Joe Murray and George Maestri and Nick Jennings. I want to say in 1991 I auditioned. Oh, before. Yeah, and then we made a pilot in uh, San Francisco at this little place called Poolside Studios. Uh, at Lombard and Steiner. It's the straight part of Lombard Street in San Francisco, in, near Cal Hollow, they call it. And uh, it was this little studio behind a Mel's Diner, and we did the, the one where the, the stuff drops in the bathtub, and he's like, Sparky, you know? And it was the famous, garbage day is a very dangerous day. It was that episode. <laughs> that was our pilot episode. Oh, buddy, small dogs and trash are not a part of a balanced diet. And we spent a couple of days doing that, after the audition, which was at George Maestri's house, where he was living, oh. actually preceded that. And that was 91, I think. And then they put it together. And then the beginning of 90, at the end of 92, I think we heard that it was going to happen. And then I think 93 is when yeah. we started filling out the, the roster of... Wow, that's amazing. Because, yeah, I started, I think, in March 93. Yeah. And it, it was already going. It had been going yes. for like two, three months or something. Yes, you know? that, that makes sense. And Jim Lieber yeah. used to pick me up in his little <laughs> yeah. gray Honda Civic at the Burbank <laughs> Airport. I was still living in San Francisco and flying in uh, for the episodes once wow. every two weeks, I think it was. Uh-huh. And it was, it was so, wow, it was so neat. So that, yeah. <laughs> so was that your back. first job in animation? Yeah, and first like animation. Stan, we were talking preceding this interview how people came into the business like Tom was a stand-up, Tom Kenny, who plays mm-hmm. Heifer, and now SpongeBob, of course. Um, I was a stand-up, and I was in Sacramento on a gig. I had a manager named Tracy Forrester. She knew a guy named Rob McNamara, I want to say, helping Joe Murray produce this little gig. Oh. She goes, oh, I got you this audition for this thing. Do you have a voice tape? I said, no. I went in my friend's kitchen. I had a push-play record thing, little cassette <laughs> player, about six inches by six by three inches, and I made a little tape of just people talking to each other at a, yeah. about a <coughs> schoolyard problem. And I was like, oh, this guy, this kid got sick, and I'm afraid to clean it up as the custodian. I'll have you know. And like, I remember having him getting sick every day. Huh? I'm afraid of that kid. No, I never seen that boy at school before. Huh? Something's got to be wrong. And I just did all these really bad, pushed-together voices. And I sent it off. That got me the audition. And the rest is uh, history, as it were. Wow, that, that's... I mean, I didn't even know because I, did, I never talked to Joe Murray about how he started the show. I didn't know it was like almost two years before before we started. As I recall it, yeah, that was. I believe those are the facts in my foggy 27-year yeah, 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 yeah. memory. So how did it start? I mean, did you start wanting to be like an actor in plays and movies or just a com- or a comedian on stage? I, yeah, you? I think the quickest path to what I thought fame was was stand-up yeah. comedy. So mm-hmm. I was in college playing soccer and running track and doing mime. I met this professor ernie olson and he said would you like to try some mime and i'm like yeah i'll try that <laughs> now would you like to try some stand-up comedy and i entered a comedy competition then i got in a duo with a guy named mark fraser and we were the brouhaha we did all kinds of weird sketches and stuff at a place called metro bar and grill at 12th and k that was 84 85 86 i started working at laughs unlimited a comedy club as the house mc so i was working every week with comics you know huh. Dennis Wolf, Wolfberg, uh, even, gosh, people way back, I had tons of names, you know, tons of names. And uh, in 87, I moved to San Francisco with another comedian, John Boyle. 
was working at two different health clubs and was doing stand-up comedy at night. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I got booked at Laps Unlimited back to the story in Sacramento in 91. So I did up my, I was living in San Francisco, but working in Sacramento when I got the call to audition for Rocco. But I'd always implemented characters into my stand-up, much like Tom, oh, yeah. you know. And so those yeah. were always there, accessible. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 if we go way, way back, <laughs> I never planned to be a voice actor. However, the origins of, of paying attention to how people speak or dialects came early on as my parents came from Argentina. My mom, the joke in my act, can steal pill wallpaper with an H. Hello! She had the, the, the Argentinian accent, Carlitos, no me digas. And my dad was British, educated in Argentina. So we were, mm. as kids, we watched PBS, Monty Python, The Two Ronnies, Faulty Towers. So, you know, British accents were, were something that we absolutely copied. And then I had a friend, Kevin, who was my best friend in grade school, and his parents were from Glasgow, Scotland. And I had Uncle Danny, who was over there, I had a high-pitched voice. Like, <laughs> and then Auntie Liz talked like this. And Jordan was like this, Carlos, let me tell you this, you need to calm down, Kevin, eat your waffles. So there was a menagerie of accents and dialects mm -hmm. around me as my mom had Cuban friends and Russian friends. So I think I just soaked all that stuff yeah. up, eventually put all that stuff into my stand-up. So I was equipped to come into voice acting, but didn't plan to. It just happened. And I remember being on the road at the last lap in, in Seattle. And, you know, at that point, it's 91, I'd been on the road for a good two plus years, I had quit my job at the health club in San Francisco, the Telegraph Hill Club, and I got the call that Rocco was gonna go to series, and I remember just almost crying with joy because I got to get off the road. Yeah. Because it was oh, yeah, lonely, yeah, yeah. you know? Yes. And uh, I went back to San Francisco, and as I said, Jim Lieber would, would pick me up in his <laughs> gray Honda, and every I would fly from the Oakland airport into Burbank and record at a place called Horta Studios. Oh, which is Horta. still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not Hort Horta anymore, but it's behind now Porto's. It used to be a thrifty yes. drugstore on Magnolia and Hollywood Way. Mm -hmm. And Jim would pick me up, drop me off there. We'd do the record with Charlie Adler and Tom and Doug. And occasionally Linda Wallum would come in. And we just kept doing it. And, uh, you know, the, uh, that was the origins of my voiceover career. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, Tom would also explain that Charlie Adler at that point was an established voice yeah. actor knew what he was doing and we we learned on the job you know mm -hmm. certainly and you know Doug Lawrence came on as yeah. mostly a storyboard artist and a director and as the story goes they didn't have a filbert and Doug snuck a cassette tape in there yeah. I'll oh, yeah wash your hands turn the page kind of that Woody Allen he was doing Woody Allen yeah Rocco Woody Allen yeah, we, kind of yeah and they they picked him <laughs> I had suggested Tom Kenny as heifer because I couldn't find a heifer and I knew Tom from stand-up, and so oh. um, they, obviously they booked him, and he's fantastic, and, and thus we were born. So, yeah, I just landed in it. Yeah. You know. So you were on stage when someone was looking for the voice yeah. for the Rocco, and, and you were there. Right like place, right time. Perfect, yeah, perfect timing. Yeah, Joe and, and, and Nick and, and George were, were insistent on, they didn't want an Australian. They wanted somebody like a Woody Apke, a very nebbish kind of, hey, I'm the wallaby, uh, even though he was from Australia. They, I guess they thought that was too nail on the head. Uh -huh. You know, I tried like a little Bruno Kirby from like a Good Morning Vietnam <laughs> or no Hablo and Glass from The Freshman. That wasn't working. And 
I, as I famously remember, I picked up a vacuum manual and just like, uh, when you're cleaning the unit, make sure that it's not plugged in and hose A must be removed from slot B. And they're like, oh, that sounds kind of cool and really innocent, white yeah, eyes, you know, his innocent, bubbly yeah. eyes and his long nose and his teeth on his sides. Uh-huh. And it was way more Australian. It was way more flattened out, you know. Um, so it was like, oh, buddy, small dogs and trash, trash. And later on, as we went through, I think they thought that dialect was a little hard. Mm-hmm. So he softened it up, pulled back on the flattened out vowels, like, you know, going down here. So he became a little bit more cockney, <laughs> just refined it. And we were in over our heads. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I, yeah, I had to yeah. refine myself as somebody who just blurted out characters on stage to somebody who becomes more of an actor. And, and learning by watching Charlie Adler and Tom mm-hmm. and Doug and... Because Joe's directing style was, he was new at it too. Yeah, most Joe people was, were new at, on that show. Yeah. And, or had one job before. Or so yeah. That's it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Joe was voice directing and it was very methodical and very like, okay, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess yeah. we could just try that again because he didn't know what he wanted. <laughs> yeah. But, and to all of us, we didn't know any other style like, hey, geez, Joe, you're not, you know, <laughs> I'm not used to your style. It's just like, oh, this is what voice directing is. But looking back on it, it's like, how, it was how wonderful that we spent that amount of time on it. And then when we did Static Cling some 25 years later, it was the same style. Uh-huh. It, Joe didn't <laughs> change with the times. He, he wanted to direct. Yeah. I mean, Colette Sunderman was there with him, sort uh-huh. of refining it and speeding up the process. But Joe was still very methodical. That, yeah. that was always his style. So, or is, continues to be his well, style. Uh-huh. So right after Rocco, what was the first thing right after? Or were you doing other... You got other jobs while on Rocco. Concurrently, like but I think the, the thing is Rocco was ending Cat Dog with Peter Hanna, yeah. brilliant. And so I was Winslow. Hey, Cat Dog. Yeah. Still in this, in this... And Winslow was a pretty good approximation of Squirm, of Blody and Squirmy, who were Rocco characters, the Parasites. Uh, uh. Hey, Mr. Squirtman. But he was a little bit more mean and a little bit higher up. Hey, you cat dog! And I also booked, and this is super popular at cons, Spyro the Dragon. I was the original Spyro the Dragon. Uh-huh. And I remember being in a booth with Clancy Brown going, and I know can't Clancy now, but I'm like, that's the guy from Shawshank Redemption, you know? And, uh, and Spyro was also in this octave. He's a little dragon, like, watch out for Nasty Nork. Hey, we're going to be going on this adventure. There's lots of dragons, and you've got to be careful. So I booked that job. Mm-hmm. And then I booked Cat Dog, and then I was also doing guest ep- guest episodes on Cow and Chicken. I'd have to go back and check my IMDb. No, but that's, yeah, we were still doing comedy. Yeah, 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 still doing stand up, yeah. still doing Rocco, and Cat Dog, and Spire of the Dragon sessions, and whatever else was around that time. Angry Beavers. I did some yeah. uh, Hello Arnold. Yeah. Uh, hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Yeah, yeah. I did some Hey Arnold. One or two Angry Beavers. Real monsters. I was part of the Nickelodeon team. Yes, I was yes. working uh, Rocket Power. I did. I yeah. played the father of my friend and oh, really good actor Lombardo Boyar. I played his father. So on Rocket Power. So I was I was steadily employed. I was. I, was, I remember we went to San Diego together. To was it a, to San Diego to? Uh, oh, I met you there. I didn't know you were going. I was sent by Nickelodeon to do some signing at some stuff. Oh, okay. And it was also uh, no no not San Diego. Uh, um, oh, in Texas, San Antonio. San Antonio. And okay. there was a. Comedy festival. It might have been the Latino time. Laugh Festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My friend Jeff yeah. Valdez, which is being resurrected funny. next February. It was, very, it was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I remember meeting you and, uh, you know, 
obviously Chris Sabino has gone through stuff, but he yes. was starting as an intern. Uh, Doug Lawrence, Swampy Marsh, Povenmire, Hillenberg, yeah. Derek Dryman, Mark O'Hare. I mean, you, you just talk about a powerhouse. Yeah. It was crazy of, that of one show working there. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were all young. I remember that. Pic- I, I still have that real original photo in front of the, the old studio on yeah, Ventura Boulevard. I'm going to put that on the site. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're I all so young. I was wearing my <laughs> skank and pickle T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, what a what a what a powerful uh, beginning. You know, to yeah. work with such incredible talent. I we just lucky, just like sun kissed to be yeah. a part of that group. And just for one, you know, one one evening on a comedy. Comedy stage, pretty much pretty you know, amazing. I mean, you know that they noticed you from that one time. Yeah, that uh, that I mean, you just got to be out there. And people just, will who are looking for people will see. Yeah, you put yourself in the right situations, you get yeah. the right training, and I think stand up was the right training yeah. because Billy West later put it that stand ups and musicians are really good at participating in theater of the mind, and stand ups have to think of a bit where. You know, you see the whole picture, you write it in your head, you recreate it, you spit it out. So you're acting it. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I remember when this guy said to me, oh, yeah, you can't go in there. And yeah. I said, well, yes, I can. And, and that's what you're doing with, you know, yeah. you see a panel and Rocco's reaching for a cup and he can't quite. So he's straight, if I could just get that cup, help me, Heffa. So you already imagine it. So you don't need anything to bounce off. Yeah. We were, that's what stand-up gave us, so. And did you did you go to so you, how soon did you do live action after that? Um, I like when was well, Reno nine one one? When did that start? Long well like, preceding Reno nine one one in nineteen ninety four ninety five. I got a job on the Stephanie Miller television show on UPN, on the Paramount lot, stage twenty nine, where they filmed Soul Train, mm. and I was there for thirteen weeks, and I was doing sketches and live announcement on the show, live sketches. I did a sketch with Pam Greer, oh, yeah. where she just oh, chucked me to the side. I'm like Foxy Brown just threw me to the ground. Um, so I was doing that in 95. That ended after 13 weeks. Then uh, I went on the road again, and Stephanie Miller had a radio show. That pulled me off the road a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was in town to audition for Four Words on a Piece of Paper, which was, Yo quiero taco bell. Oh, yeah, and I did right. it. That's and right. And then that just blew up. Oh, yeah, I know. And then that introduced <laughs> me and, and the fans of what I do to my Latino side. That mm-hmm. and Jeff Valdez is the aforementioned comedy uh, uh, Latino Lab Festival mm-hmm. introduced me to oh Carlos is a Latin guy, you know he's doing the Taco Bell so now let's do some Latin voices. New door. Yeah. yeah, like Ricochet on Mucha Lucha. Uh, mm-hmm. Eventually Pepe de Bull for uh, Jorge Gutierrez, which led to El Tigre, and then Book of Life. But the origins of my Latino work, I think came out of Comedy Compadres, Latino Live Festival, and most notably in 97, landing the, the Taco Bell dog. Yeah, the Taco Bell was... I mean, I was t- telling friends that I'm doing this podcast and I was telling about you, and people who have no kids, so they don't know any of these yeah. shows, but the Taco Bell thing is still, yeah. is still in people's mind. Still iconoclastic, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. 1997 to 2000 was that campaign. Wow. And that elevated my voiceover career for sure. Then that ended in 2000, so I'd go back out on the road. Was it so big? Did it help, or was it like an opposite of... of no, it helped. It, yeah, helped. Yeah. it, it, it helped. It helped financially. Yeah. It helped uh, with my credibility. Mm-hmm. When you are the voice of one of the most popular commercial campaigns, yeah. I think you're, you're more hireable mm-hmm. for sure. So I, I would definitely say that it helped. And also helped introduce me into that Latin side of... Mm-hmm. Which I still am doing today, you know. Uh, Elena Vavalor, I did... Uh, um, 
I'm doing um, a couple of other shows that are sort of Latin-based characters. Uh, I played the mayor on Puss, Puss in Boots, uh, Mayor Temeroso. Mm-hmm. So that was something that was always there because of what I grew up with, but not really highlighted until until the Taco Bell dog. You know, nobody knows, oh, you started with Rocco? Like, I'll, I'll go to a con yeah. and like, wait a minute, you're the Taco Bell dog and you're Garcia and you're Rocco and Spyro? <laughs> and I go, yeah, I started with Rocco and Spyro. But, you know, the suit... You know, Taco Bell just superseded everything. Wow. That was just, you know, I was on Hollywood Squares and talking to Whoopi Goldberg and Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> you know, surreal, surreal. Um, yeah, that was my SpongeBob, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. That yeah. was just like this, just a solid 15 oh, yeah. minutes of fame packed into yeah. three years. That ended, and then I'm looking for work, and I do this radio show. I'm still doing radio for Stephanie Miller, and I get an audition for... A sketch show with at Jersey Television, and uh, it's Ben Grant and Thomas Lennon and Kerry Kenny and uh, what's his oh he's a producer at FX now, uh, John Landgraf and uh, I just auditioned with these characters for a sketch show, uh, and it eventually after a failed table reading became Reno Nine One One, and we did the original oh, pirate pilot in San Pedro in two thousand one. And that we made it. It was great. Comedy Central passed on it. And then two years later, Comedy Central picked it up. Two years? Yeah. What happened? Uh, it was just laying Somebody else? Yeah. Uh, Jim Sharp knew Ben and Tom and was looking for programming at Comedy Central. And they said, we have this whole pilot that's been shot. It's already made, yeah. So Comedy Central liked it. And we basically we had to go reshoot it scene for scene. Yeah. <clears throat> Almost. <clears throat> so we reshot the original pilot, give or take a, a few Why? sketches. Why reshoot it? Um, I guess because production of values production value yeah, yeah. For, for the real yeah, yeah. <clears throat> wow. so that put me on camera yeah for a long time yeah some, something big too because it's weird when I do cons it's almost like I have so much that I don't have anything I don't have that <laughs> one I mean Rocco's iconic and certainly the re-release yeah. of Static Cling helped put me on the map for signing conventions mm-hmm. but people will again say wait a minute I didn't you did they'll look yeah. up at my poster with like you did Rocco and Garcia I didn't know that. Like, well, yeah. But that's almost better. I mean, you don't have like the one, oh, he's that guy. He's right. whatever. But Like Christopher Lloyd, like, oh, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. Reverend Jim and I was uh, Ma, Doc Ma, Monty, Doc yeah. Brown. You know, <laughs> he obviously did way more than that. But those, yeah. and then Roger Rabbit, those three characters were pretty, mm-hmm. pretty, uh, Doom. yeah, marketable or pretty recognizable. So where did Reno 911, how long did that last? That lasted for me for five seasons in a yeah. movie. So basically, if you want to count 2001 as the original yeah, pilot, yeah. and in and out, uh, I went till th- 2009. Mm-hmm. So six years. Ah, that's great. Yeah. And then after more live action, you, you were uh, still doing I, voice, voiceover throughout, right? Throughout, Always. yeah. I yeah. was working on Mucha Lucha. So that was Warner Brothers, so now you opened up to more studios. More studios. Mm-hmm. And then I was doing some Cartoon Network stuff, Billy and Mandy. Uh, I did mm. Out of Jimmy's Head was a pilot with uh, Matt Danner as the director. Um, I played this character called Golly from the 1930s. Golly, Jimmy, certainly you're going to have a swell day. It was a really fun character. And it, it only lasted like a season. And then I did some more. And we did Camp Laszlo in between. Oh, that's Another right. Another Joe Mori right. joint. Yeah, yeah, 2004, with, uh, three or four, yeah. Doug, Jeff Bennett, and myself, and, um, and Tom Kenny. And that was great. Laszlo's just, to me, again, along with Rocco, one of the sweetest mm-hmm. animated uh, things I've ever done. I did uh, first season of Family Guy uh, oh, yeah. with Seth with Seth MacFarlane really, yeah. just taking off. 
with Fox saying no, then him going over to TBS, I believe it was, it getting picked up, and then Fox going, we want it back. Uh-huh. And then uh, Mr. Weed died at the end of season one, and I didn't really do any more Family Guys after that first season, until recently, um, Jackie and, and Christina have brought me back in to do some uh, smaller roles, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm part of that family once again. But uh, So I was doing Family Guy, it was really just... I was busy, really busy. cranking on all cylinders, you know. Yeah. So after Reno 911, what kind of live action? Um, I did. Uh, so it ends in 2009. I did but that a couple, was a big show. Right? It was a big show. Exposure. Yeah. And a movie and. I did the show Las Vegas. I did a guest show on that. I did CSI. I did um, a couple of movies. I did one called Dirt Merchant with now, I guess, more infamous Danny Masterson was the, the lead, David Faustino. Julie Benz, who was on uh, six, uh, not Six Feet Under, but uh, the uh, the one about the serial killer, I I, I start opposite Julie Benz in that movie, uh, Dexter. She was on, mm-hmm. um, and then um, I did a couple of independent movies. I did a horror movie called Funhouse Massacre. I did the pilot later on in 2016 for Kevin Can Wait. I was on the pilot episode of that. Where I met Aaron Hayes, who I then cast in my movie called Witness Infection. You can go to witnessinfection.com. It's my feature comedy horror film. Goodfellas meets uh, Shaun of the Dead. (laughs) We're almost done with post. And we're getting there. We're in the final stretches. But uh, So I did that. I did a movie called Take the Ten with uh, Anthony Revolori or Tony Revolori from uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm -hmm. He was the bellboy. Um, And then I did... um, uh, a couple of other small films I, I, I can't remember but my on-camera uh, presence hasn't been as strong since the end of yeah, Reno 911 yeah, yeah, not like uh, Wendy or Cedric or Tom Lennon who've sort of stayed prominent I've, I've danced in and out of on-camera projects but I'm, I'm getting back there I've got a new agent new theater agent. I'm doing a play for people of this Ooh. October 3, 10, 17, we've already done one week. It's called uh, Suicidal Blonde at the White Fire Theater in Studio City on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. Um, but so yeah, wrote, produced, co-wrote with another writer, Joe Michelle Melian, produced and financed my own feature film, Witness Infection. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm auditioning more and more for on-camera stuff, which is nice. But that's the goal. The goal is yeah. always to... Keep busy, as we know, an on-camera presence often leads to more uh, uh, financially profitable jobs mm-hmm. in the voiceover mm-hmm. world. Yeah, primetime animation, feature films. I've since been in, you know, through looping groups. I've had some voices on Inside Out. I was the helicopter pilot. Come fly with me, Cachinha. I was the voice of fear in the dad's head. The foot is down. The foot is down. <laughs> <laughs> I was the first bug in a bug's life way back when. I'm lost. I can't find the trail. Um, so I've gotten to do some Pixar stuff and some DreamWorks stuff. I'm working on more DreamWorks cartoons now. One's called Dragon's Rescue Riders for, for kids. And I got to bring back my Scottish dialogue. I get to play Duggar the Viking. And he's addled brains and he's a friend of these dragons who can talk. And um, that's going on now. Also... Well, I mean, we'll talk about the stuff yeah. at the end, but I've I've managed to stay busy enough. You yeah, know, I've yeah, made yeah. projects. I've tried to pitch shows. I I had a deal with HBO. I partnered with Michael Douglas's company. Feud, um, oh gosh, further films, and we went to HBO. We sold the show. We wrote it. They oh. didn't pick it up. 
It was called Good Morning Iowa, about a shock jock who moves to the Midwest and tries to restart his career on a morning news program, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the while trying to contain, curtail or contain who he really is without yeah. shattering shock, through that yeah. milk-toast-safe environment. Yeah. Wow. But that went pretty far, and I continued to write. Um, I continued to, to do mostly voiceover, mm-hmm. mostly voiceover auditions, and... So you were doing, you're going back to Nickelodeon where you're doing The Loud House, right? The, the, the Loud House, House which went off into the Casa Grandes. Yeah, so now that's a full-on show. It's and, a full-on show. We're doing a bunch of pre-publicity. It, mm-hmm. it, uh, it, the, they released the pilot episode on YouTube in the last five days that has, I think, over 2.6 million views. Ooh. So it's really got a good following. It's a really well-done animated show. It's mm-hmm. uh, it comes from a, an established show that's very good. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. about a family. It's it's almost like a live action sitcom where it's a multi generational Latino family mm-hmm. living in a house above a bodega in a made up city, which could be L A, Chicago, Boyle Heights, all mixed yeah. together, and it's really well done. So that that is uh, the you are here dot on my voiceover map right now is that show for sure, along with the DreamWorks or Dragons Dragons Rescue Riders and another one called Nico. Uh, and Nico is it called? It's called. Is it called Nico? It's called Nico, isn't it? On on DreamWorks, on Netflix, yeah. So, yeah, I keep busy. Yeah, no, that's great. That's amazing because yeah. it's it ramped up and it never stopped. Yeah, yeah. Really, you, you just keep feeding the beast, you know. Yeah. And learning new voices, learning, trying new, practicing new dialects, and um, and staying in touch with people like yourself, yeah, course, with Swampy yeah. Marsh, who are making new pro- mm-hmm. projects and. You know, again, doing Static Cling was great, and I'm glad that it, it Rocco got to get introduced to another audience or a newer audience. A new generation, right? But it's basically another generation. Yeah. Yeah, three <laughs> decades later, right? Yeah. Almost three decades later. Yeah, it's the kids of the people, the kids who used to watch it. Yeah, and I meet them at the cons. You know, I meet yeah. the guys our age and older with their grandkids or uh-huh. kids going, my, my son watches <laughs> Rocco, and you're like, are you sure that's healthy? You know? Wow. So that's what's next. More audition, more live action, hopefully, and, and the Casa Grandes anyway. Yeah, the Casa Grandes premiering on the 14th. Rescue Riders is out now on Netflix. It's more for the, the, the wee kids. My daughters are eight and five, mm-hmm. and they like it. Um, and my movie will be complete. We'll go out and shop that at festivals. Hopefully we can get it on a, on a format like iTunes or into Walmart at festivals. Yeah. So what's on the site for the movie? Like little clips? Little clips, the, the yep. Clips. Work in progress. Work in progress. Stuff. We're going to update them and let them know that we're cutting a trailer. Um, and then we'll finish uh, with dialogue uh, touch-ups. And, and then, what's the site again? It's called witnessinfection.com. Okay. Rob Belushi is our star. Aaron Hayes, Tara Strong, Maurice LaMarche, Gary Anthony Williams, Joe Reitman, Vince Donvito, Joe Michelle Melian, Brett Ernst, myself, and more. Uh, Eric Trevaria. It's it's a fun movie. It's it's less sticky. It's less a Zucker Brothers movie, more over a Shaun of the Dead movie where you mm-hmm. these three characters take a journey through the milieu of of infected sausage, stupid witness infection crime families, and a son who just does not want to be a part of any of what they're trying to. So it's more put together. Him into. There's a story. There's yeah. an actual story instead of just yeah. He's he's trying to get out of an arranged marriage, yeah. and luckily his friends in the zombie apocalypse are there to bail him yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and yeah, and more auditioning, and um, you know, Elena of Avalors is still airing on on some formats. Uh, I am part of the new Disney streaming stuff through Monsters Inc. 
I oh, continue yeah. to do Billy Crystal sound-alike stuff. I did Kingdom Hearts 3. So I played Mike Wazowski in a game. If you played Kingdom <laughs> Hearts 3, it was me. So that that's something I get to say. I got to play Billy Crystal. But I do a lot of his sound-alike stuff, so that <laughs> continues to be work. Thank you, Billy, for being too busy. Um, so, yeah, I'm still in with Disney, still doing stuff, still auditioning, creating. Um, and st- going back to doing stand-up a little bit more, I, I'm part of what what's called We Talk Funny, which is once a month Mondays uh, at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. And my next show is October 7th. And along with other voice actors who do stand-up and oh, or sketches, yeah. I go and do my 10 minutes in between headlighting gigs. So, so. then people can, can meet, can see the voice. Can see, see who's behind can the voice. Yeah. Garcia. Again. That's it's, wonderful. It's a yeah. good chance for them to see, like, I started as a stand-up. Yeah, know? of course. And like still me, go yeah. back to it. Well, thank you so much, Carlos. Yeah, you're welcome. Great talking to you. Yeah, it's just great to have you here in the house, like <laughs> and knowing that we have this history shared together. And we talked about a show you pitched years ago with Steve yeah. Little, yes. who's gone on to do Eastbound and Down and other. That's things. right. Yeah, right. When we played not long two, after, yeah, we played two characters together, and that was a, a lot of fun. But that's what I like about this business is that um, you continue to meet new people or run into the people that you you had a relationship with mm-hmm. before. Nothing is linear in this business. Everything no. is, and it's always something new. It's always a surprise when you find, oh, you're doing this, oh, you're doing that. You yeah, know, it's it's an infinity symbol. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I'm yeah. working, I'm out of work. Yeah, yeah I'm working yeah. again. I'm working, I'm out of work. You know, yeah, that's what I like about it. But yeah, you're welcome. It's just cool. Okay. To, well, to thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> That was my conversation with my friend Carlos Alizraki. Uh, if you want to see more, you can go on the site, um, cartoonlunch.com, where I will be posting little videos of our conversation today and pictures as well, so you can see Carlos. You can see Carlos in action doing these voices he does, you know. And um, also some links. I'm going to try to find uh, Rocco's Modern Life's first episode, so we, you guys can watch that on the, on the site. And links to what Carlos was talking about, including the uh, feature film he's been working on. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to—I hope you're going to listen to the next one. Thank you.